We all want some level of safety and security. Firefighters, construction workers, EMT. They're all there when you need them to help manage life's chaos. In retirement, you want that same level of safety, but who is there for you to make sure your money will last? Brian isn't just there in case of emergency. He's there so you don't have an emergency with your money. A safer retirement doesn't mean a boring retirement, but a prepared one full of the things that inspire you. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker. Welcome in to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Kelly. Glad you're with us today. Neil Finning is alongside as well. Neil out of the Seattle office. Brian, of course, in Salt Lake City and Lehigh, uh, right here in Utah. You can find out more about the team at DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. A lot of great information on the website. Find out where the offices are in Washington, California, and Utah. Of course, I told you where they are in Utah. But there's also a lot of really great information for you uh, on the website. Under DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, under the heading of Safer Retirement Education, there are a lot of things that you can download for no cost, no obligation whatsoever to you. Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach. Three Principles of Retirement Book, The Checklist Challenge, Sample Income Plan. Those are just four of the 12 things you can download on the website on DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Of course, you can just go to the website to check out Brian and Neil and the team and just learn more about them and then figure out, hey, do I want these guys to maybe help me come up with that plan, that strategy for my retirement? Uh, That's the idea. Brian and the team are here to talk with you about different areas of the financial world, the retirement world, and really try to help give you some clarity into retirement. They can't give you that clarity about your situation until you reach out. The number is 833-707-3030. No cost, no obligation. Now, I will say this. This is a Saturday show. Nobody is in the office. So if you call on a Saturday, like you're listening to the show, go, wow, I need to talk to these people. I need to find out more about this. You call them, nobody answers, just leave a message, and they'll get back with you on Monday. 833-707-3030. All right, Neil Fitting alongside Brian J. Decker as well. Brian, welcome, and you got a lot on the format today. you got a lot to get to. We're going to jump right into the banks, Mark. Uh, Neil, last week we saw the biggest percentage drop of the year in the stock market, and it was a, a one-two punch. First was surprise comments from the Fed that they're going to stay higher longer. And there's a, a funny saying, there's so many great sayings in, on Wall Street, but one of them is, the Fed will raise rates until it breaks something. Neil, did something break last week? I mean, if you've been paying attention to the news, uh, probably seen Silicon Valley Bank, along with other small banks on the East Coast, uh, taking a major hit um, and having the Fed step in to um, kind of close those banks and and actually guarantee those deposits, which was kind of a surprising turn of events uh, as of this morning. Um, at first, they didn't guarantee the deposits, and there was such a big, quick backlash that then they decided that was probably in their political best interest. But it was the second biggest failure in U.S. history. That would be Silicon Valley Bank. And then um, Signature Bank was the third biggest bank failure in history. We had a, a twofer at the end of 2022. Silicon Valley Bank was the 16th largest bank in, in the United States. It had over $209 billion in assets at the time, according to the Federal Reserve and the Wall Street Journal. But now, Neil, it is gone. What was the exposure that took Silicon Valley Bank down where our listeners, particularly retirees, shouldn't have to worry about? 
Well, they did have exposure to mortgage-backed securities. So if you think back to 2008, um, there was a lot of regulations in place to, to make sure that the people weren't over-leveraged, the banks weren't over-leveraged. Uh, a lot of the problems that happened with Silicon Valley Bank came down to, to fear and people uh, taking their deposits out of the, the bank, forcing them to realize um, some of those paper losses uh, from the bonds. Um, decreasing in value as interest rates have gone up. So a lot of the major risk that has happened with these banks is that people are taking um, all of their deposits out and that kind of leaves them strapped for cash. But their exposure, don't you think, Neil, was heavy on the tech side and startups and that makes them very much an outlier to the bigger commercial banks, don't you think? Yeah, and Signature Bank, what they called it, the crypto bank uh, on the East Coast, they're they're more exposure to um, high-profile lending, like to startups uh, and, and other tech uh, institutions. You're going to have very uh, inconsistent cash flows, and, and that's a problem that most banks don't actually see. But let's go back to your bond holdings comment. You're right. Uh, bond holdings were huge. Um that was their balance sheet. And it caught people by surprise because when the bond rates go higher, when interest rates go higher, bond prices go down. So the FDIC, when they took control of Silicon Valley Bank on Friday, um, uh, the deposit National Bank of Santa Clara particularly, yesterday news came out about uh, Signature Bank shutting two days after Silicon Valley uh, went down. But on the bond situation, um, they had Signature had 110 billion in assets as of December 31, ranking them 29 among the U.S. banks, 88 billion in deposits. Uh, there was a, a statement made by Janet Yellen that they were going to uh, honor the 250, but then over the weekend they said that uh, they decided to make everyone whole except for what Neil except for the investors and the bondholders. Right. So back to the um, the asset base that they had about um, what happens when interest rates go up, the bonds prices go down. Most, um, gosh, I wish I could show our listeners a chart. U.S. banks, the big, I'd say, would you say like the big six or seven they are more flush with cash than ever before. The loan to deposit ratio is uh, very small. Cash ratios, deposits are near record highs. Huge liquidity for the bigger banks. So there shouldn't be a contagion panic that goes to the other banks. There's no real sign that that's a big risk. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to lead with this story. The nation's banking system is healthy. It was just the crypto exposure, the startup exposure, the the tech exposure that took those banks down. Um, also, there's um, uh, the run on the banks, like you talked about. As soon as there's any hint that uh, there's a problem with the bank, um, people seem to get their money out, and that creates a panic and a run. By the way, what disgusted me, Neil, was did you see the the big insiders were selling their their holdings days before the announcement. Uh, yeah, and there's also bonuses paid to CEOs and um, employees. Yeah. So, Neil, let's talk about how retirees can protect themselves from a bank closure. What What's some good rules to go by 
when it comes to buying CDs or having money in the bank? Yeah, so FDIC insurance um, at its kind of m- more basic level, uh, but you can take 250 per financial institution per account type. So that's going to be a little bit more obscure um, when you think about it. But uh, if you go into the details of that, it's really about who it's titled for, who the account holder is for. But you can cover 250000 of FDIC insurance per account type per institution. So if you have like a high cash base and you want uh, a lot of CD exposure, um, it, it can behoove you to spread the risk around to multiple institutions. That's smart. And what talk about this, the, the coverage that is different, FDIC versus a Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, Vanguard. How do, how do the custodians limits, how are they different from uh, the guarantees of the bank? Yeah, SIPC insurance is what the custodians hold for brokerage accounts, um, and their limit is up to five hundred thousand, with two hundred thousand covered by um, cash. So securities um, represent a fair amount of that. the The thing with owning securities through a custodian is that you do own them directly. So unless they've engaged in some sort of fraudulent activity, you're owed those securities if something were to happen to them and they were to fail. The the SIPC insurance and most custodians also carry additional insurance above and beyond just the limits of SIPC. I uh, usually insured uh, like one million per account uh, from Lloyd's of London. Oh, and speaking of Europe, there is a Silicon Valley UK branch that was sold to HSBC for the grand total of one pound. One pound. One pound. So they took on all that debt and liability. That was the cost of that. Um, Okay, good. And, and Neil, SIPC is a consortium agreement between all of the big custodians that they cross-insure each other. The The amount of assets, the trillions that are in assets that are in the top, just the three, Fidelity, Schwab, and Vanguard, um, that's a lot of backup. So um, don't you think retirees should feel pretty safe with those assets? Oh, yeah. And, and to the point, um, once again, you do own those securities through the custodian. So even if the custodian were to fail, you're still owed those securities almost regardless of SIPC. SIPC would step in if there was some sort of fraudulent activity commingling um, in the brokerage. Okay. And what happened again to the people who own Silicon Valley bank stock or bonds? Were they bailed out? They are not bailed out. Right. Um Okay, so why these these unexpected events are called black swan events or six sigma events? Those are statistically just not going to happen very often, but they do happen once in a while. Um, for example, who would have seen it coming when we when uh, a past president created the Community Reinvestment Act, where anyone who was not able to qualify for a loan that that was racist, so we needed to have everyone qualify for a loan, even if they didn't qualify for a loan, and the housing bubble inflated, and then it burst. No one saw that coming, a little sarcasm. And so that would that created another Six Sigma event or a Black Swan event with the housing crisis. We probably have learned our lesson from that, won't see that kind of a, a crisis again, but... Uh, those are black swan events, flying airplanes into our buildings here on the homeland. Um, 
those events don't happen very often. Would you say, in your opinion, that this was a black swan event, Neil? I think it could have been more disastrous had the Fed not intervened um, and guaranteed some of those depositors because then other companies would, would be going bankrupt as well. So I think it could have been far worse um, than it actually, you know, will probably play out to be. So we're talking about certainly what happened, you know, a week ago by the banks and Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, a lot of moving parts here, Brian. Is there any because you were just talking about what happened really in 08 with the, the housing market and the financial world kind of crashing, the bad loans that were given on homes and all of that. Is there any correlation between these two events other than it's just a bank that had some problems? Um, Neil, you chime in here on this, but I don't think so. I think it was a set of circumstances unique to our time right now with interest rates going up, particularly targeting and hurting the tech sector specifically, and also... Uh, the crypto uh, area specifically. And so those banks that had concentrated investments in those two sectors that got hit particularly hard with interest rates going up at this time, all was the perfect storm to kind of hit these banks pretty hard and, and take them down. But the interesting thing, Mark, is that that happened without hurting um, as far as we can tell, the bigger banks, they have a broad, more diversified asset base. Neil, you chime in. Yeah, no, I, I agree that probably the only corollary you can draw is that there was mortgage-backed security exposure, but those have been, um, the, a lot of legislation has gone into regulating that space uh, since 2008. So Brian made that point perfectly, this this kind of based exclusively for you know startup investment and crypto investment. So having interest rates go up dramatically uh, has really cut into the cash flow. A lot of those companies that uh, Silicon Valley Bank was invested in, so them showing paper losses and then people beginning to take and withdraw their account value out, uh, it, it kind of created, it's a self-fulfilling cycle. So we're talking about what happened a week ago with the banking world and should we be worried? And Brian and Neil are going to talk and talk about the effect this has on retirees. And there's a lot of moving parts here, but basically this is not another 08. This is kind of a kind of a it's kind of a singular type thing because of the 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 Silicon Valley Bank, for example, is really helping startups, tech startups, and then the way they invested their money it just caused some challenges when people thought, ooh, they might be in trouble, and they went and got their money. And I suppose all banks would be in trouble if everybody went and pulled all their money out. So there's it's a moving target here, but the team at, at Decker Retirement Planning is here to help and really kind of ease your fears if you're really nervous about this. I don't think that's the that's that's the point they're trying to make is you should not be. And we're going to talk about some of these black swan events uh, and the fallout from those. And this is a little bit different. So here you go. If you'd like to learn more, you want to find out maybe where you are on that road to retirement. Can I retire? When can I retire? Do I have enough? Will my money last as long as I do? Uh, that's what the team at Decker Retirement is here to help. 833-707-3030. Remember, their hours are Monday through Friday, 830 to 5 Mountain Time. So if you call on a Saturday with this show, they're not going to be there. Just leave a message and they'll get back to you. Somebody might answer, but if they don't, don't panic. Just leave a message. Say, hey, I would like to talk to you about this. Uh, here's my number. Call me Monday at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., whatever. Tell them what you want them to do, and they'll be happy to get back to you as, as soon as they can. 833-707-3030 is the number. 833-707-3030. No cost for this. No obligation whatsoever. The team at Decker Retirement is here to help if they can. They just don't know if they can help you until you reach out. Back with more with Brian and Neil. This is Safer Retirement Radio. 
Just as the seasons come and go, so too do the markets ebb and flow. If market volatility is making you nervous, give Brian a call and make sure you're not taking on more risk than you're comfortable with. 833-707-3030. That's 833-707-3030. Decker Retirement Planning has a question for you. Is your retirement inflation-proofed? Here's what we mean. In retirement, chances are you're on a fixed income with variable expenses. So how do you not run out of money when the cost of just about everything continues to go up? You inflation-proof it. Brian Decker and the team at Decker Retirement Planning can show you strategies to help combat inflation so it doesn't outpace your retirement income. Call Brian Decker today at 833-707-3030 to learn more. Inflation could take a huge chunk out of your retirement savings, but it doesn't have to. With some simple planning, inflation can go from being a major disruption to a minor annoyance. Call Brian and the team at Decker Retirement Planning now to start inflation-proofing your retirement today at 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. Investing involves risk. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Neil Finning of Decker Retirement Planning. Again, you can always go to the website to learn more about the team, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. A lot of great information there. And if you go under the heading of Safer Retirement Education, there's about 12 different things you can download, including Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach Book. All that is available to you at no cost. You can go to the website just to learn more about Brian and the Neil and the team just by going to DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. If you'd like to download some of that information, maybe you want to... Uh, you want to go through and do the checklist challenge. Where are, where am I on that road to retirement? You can certainly do that. There's a lot of great information on the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. I'm Mark Kelly. We're talking about what happened a week ago with Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank closing, and it caused some issues. And then Brian and Neil are trying to alleviate your fears that every bank's going to go through this. It's a different situation. So first, clear that up, Brian, right? We're not saying that every bank is getting ready to, you better go make a run on your money. But you also wanted to touch on some black swan events before you talk about really how all of this can affect retirees, correct? Correct. Silicon Valley Bank, as Neil talked about, was very heavily exposed and concentrated with technology, startups. And so when interest rates went up, uh, technology stocks took a big hit last year. And uh, that really affected um, Silicon Valley Bank. And they they held on until they couldn't which was Friday of, we could go Friday. And then uh, Signature Bank was heavily exposed to crypto. And of course, uh, that's taken a 60 plus percent hit. And uh, so it, again, they, they hold on until they can't. And then there's news uh, that, that goes around that maybe this bank's in trouble. And so there's a run on the bank and they shut their doors. And I think Signature Bank, I saw... Uh, no, I think it was Silicon Valley Bank in the New York office. They called the police on the people that were coming to get their um, their deposits out. So not a good thing. But I want to cover, Neil, a couple more Black Swan events. We talked about 9-11. We talked about uh, the housing crisis. A couple others, COVID. Wouldn't you say that COVID is a Black Swan event? Yeah, it was a really unique Black Swan event, too, and how quickly the recovery um, set into place after that. So. 
I think a lot of it is like panic selling and panic uh, withdrawals from the bank only to realize things structurally haven't changed all that much. That was interesting with COVID. Um, from February to March of 2020, five weeks, 32% drop. Uh, and that that really affected people. Sell first, ask questions later. And then uh, there was a nice rally in 2020. Um, the other one I'm thinking of is in May of 2020, Neil, I've been doing this 37 years. I've never seen the futures contract go negative for anything. And we saw a crude oil contract for August uh, go negative in the month of April and May. So that was that was interesting too. And that affected seniors in a way um, with the dividend portfolio. The dividend portfolio, um, we want to warn people of, they're thinking that they have less risk by buying a dividend portfolio. But there's two reasons, Neil, that we warn people off of that dividend portfolio. Do you want to cover those? Um, well, I mean, there is dividend risk, right? So if they cut the company uh, dividend, then you'll see the portfolio drop like the next day. So one, you no longer have income coming from that. And two, now the price is significantly lower, so you can't sell it. So it's really important to to read into all the details on it. Um, you also can look at something that might appear appealing on paper. So paying somewhere around 8 9%, 10% per year in income. But it's likely that they're, they're either cash flow can't sustain that or there's a reason its trading price is low enough to create that yield. Um, what, uh, what were you thinking for the two risks there, Brian? Um, so the two that, that I was thinking of, Neil, is number one, the human nature factor of, um, let's say that the 10-year treasury right now is 3.7, 3.5%. If you can get a dividend for 5%, 5% is better than 3.5%. And then, boy, if you can find a dividend at 8 or 9%, that's even better. And so pretty soon, even the smartest people, they get sucked into this trap of thinking they have a, a less risky portfolio because it's dividends. And uh, and yet they're high risk without them knowing it. Because So when people come into my office, it's almost like a religion. They say the same thing. Brian, I have a dividend portfolio. I don't care what the markets do. I just let the dividends roll right in. And I go, well, Mike, tell me what your favorite dividend stock is. They said, that one right there, XYZ, pays 9%. And I go, okay, Mike, let's check this out. So I grab the XYZ financials, EBITDA, I see that, yep, see, uh, it's paying a dollar dividend. That's 9%. But, oh, look, earnings before interest, dividends, taxes, uh, amortizations, uh, there is in EBITDA, the, they're only earning 70 cents. So they're borrowing the 30, per, 30 cents to pay the dividend. And this is when the blood drains from their face and they realize that they have a high risk portfolio. No one told them. And I blame Kiplinger and these others, Neil, that put out this stuff, uh, these quote unquote retiree portfolios that have these eight or nine percenters. The reason they're eight or nine percent is a high return is high risk. So I, that's one of the reasons that we warn retirees away from the dividend portfolio is because of that yield creep that brings the risk of the whole portfolio up, number one. Number two is concentration. Concentration is most all of these high dividend stocks are in two sectors of the market real estate and energy. 
Does real estate cycle? Absolutely. In 2008, the average REIT, R-E-I-T, Real Estate Investment Trust, was down 70%, 7-0. And dividends were cut across the board then. And then in the year 2020, because the energy, um, like we were talking about, the perfect storm for energy with the uh, crude oil contracts going negative, dividends were cut across the board in 2020. So we have a saying on Wall Street. Here's another one. It works until it doesn't. With retirees, I asked them if they've ever been through a dividend rate cut. And that's when after the market closes, XYZ company announces they've cut their dividend or they've obliterated it completely. Stock drops 20%, 30% on the open next day, and you have to sell the stock and take the loss because now in your dividend portfolio, you own a, a stock that doesn't pay a dividend. Wash, rinse, and repeat. So that dividend portfolio that they think has uh, such little risk has no downside, is a concentrated portfolio, and people, human nature, they're susceptible to dividend creep. Neil, anything you want to add to that? Those are, that's, what we, that's what we worry about with the dividend portfolio in retirement. I mean, one example that um, might come to mind for, for people who have held stock for a while, but like General Electric cut their dividend um, like entirely, and the next day that stock dropped 30 35%. Right. And since it doesn't pay a dividend, you're now owe something that you have to sell and realize the hit. So that's the problem with the dividend portfolio. Yeah. So, I mean, when looking at a dividend portfolio, because we actually use that as a portion of our strategy, um, you want to make sure that it's well diversified across multiple sectors. So we avoid the concentration risk uh, and the yield risk, right? You can look for yield on a small portion of a dividend portfolio, but it shouldn't represent the entire portfolio as as a pure yield play. So kind of across the board and incorporating that well into a strategy, you've got to make sure that you diversify it. Um, And actually, I think that's probably a good segue to what we'll talk about next. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to talk about diversification. And, and, you know, I think we'll, hey, I've got uh, 30 mutual funds, so I'm diversified. Well, probably not because 28 of the 30 probably be about the same, right? So we're going to talk about diversification. How do we set our own path and make sure that we are covered? We do have some protection in there. So Brian and Neil are going to discuss all of that when we come back. Again, if you have questions about any of this, the team at Decker Retirement Planning is here to help you. They just don't know if they can help you until you reach out. And again, the office is is, is open during the week, Monday through Friday, 830 to 5 Mountain Time. So when you call on the weekend, you might get somebody to answer, but you may not. And if that's the case, just leave a message. Then they'll get back to you on Monday. Uh, The number, again, is 833-707-3030. There's a lot of moving parts right now in our world. You can get a little nervous. Why not sit down with a team that actually focuses on retirement planning, uh, the income you certainly need, investment strategies, tax-efficient strategies. What what about health care, long-term care, legacy planning, um, all these moving parts, Social Security, Medicare. How do we make those decisions? At the end of the day, you need a tax-efficient strategy moving forward as well. All of that is covered in the safer retirement process that Decker Retirement walks you through. It's about you. They're here to help if they can. 833-707-3030. That's where the process starts, just with a quick phone call. Have a quick little chat. 833-707-3030. We're talk diversification when we come back right here on Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Neil Fitting of Decker Retirement Planning. Excited for retirement? 
All that daydreaming can be time-consuming enough as it is. So why not get a little help with your retirement planning? Call Brian at 833-707-2020 and see where you stand in retirement. Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Neil Finning of Decker Retirement Planning. Again, you can always go to the website to learn more. There's great information there for you available for no cost to you. DeckerRetirementPlanning.com to learn more about the team. Uh, you can also go to that heading of Safer Retirement Education, 12 different things you can download. Again, that's all on the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. If you'd like to chat with the team, I've got some concerns. I'm not really sure what I should be doing right now. There's some challenges out there in the world. Uh, there's challenges out there with my portfolio. I don't really know what I should be doing. Should I be moving this to there? I don't know. Well, that's the perfect reason to call the team at Decker Retirement. They're here to help. 833-707-3030. Again, is the number 833-707-3030. If they don't answer because it's Saturday, leave a message. They'll get back to you on Monday. 833-707-3030. So you guys finished the last segment, Brian and Neil, with diversification. Now, diversification can get confusing because it's a really simple word. Hey, Brian, I've got 30 mutual funds. I'm about as diversified as you can be, right? Oh, right. This We see this all the time. So, Neil, when someone comes in and says, I'm well diversified, I own five stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Microsoft, actually that's six. I am very well diversified. What would you say to that person? Uh, you could just buy the S&P 500 uh, stock and that would be exclusively the top like six stock positions. Yeah, they all function exactly the same. My favorite example of this is when it's the S&P 500 fund, but it's owned by like through three different brokerages. It's still the same thing. They just have, you know, Schwab, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, S&P 500 fund. Well, yeah, my, my point is they're all technology. Uh, and so I, I think that diversification for retirees are not only in asset classes, but also in risk groups. So for example, for us, we have three critical parts of a retirement portfolio, cash, safe money, and risk. So when it comes to cash, we're fiduciaries to our clients. We're a math-based firm. Neil, we do our homework. We On a monthly basis, we go to the Wink database and we look and see what the highest earning principal guaranteed uh, bank and insurance company offerings are for cash, one to three year, three to five, five to seven, seven to 10 year principal guaranteed accounts. Um, now I'm going to th uh, throw a curveball at you um, because with for 40 years, it used to be that your safe money were in bond funds, right? Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the functional wisdom of the time, but something changed in 2008. Well, in 2020, the 10-year treasury hit the low of 0.47%, and the interest rates have gone up since. Last year, for example, the average bond fund lost 20%, 20%. Neil, is it smart to own bond funds in a rising interest rate environment? It is not. Duration risk and interest rate risk are an incredible agent of change. But we've always done it this way, Neil. Uh, we've always bought bond funds in the pie chart portfolios to diversify clients. So when you own bond funds in a rising interest rate environment, it is not safe money. Um, let's go back to on the diversification side. Um, you know, a lot of commercial banks are paying almost zero, even though interest rates have gone up. What are some of the rates that our clients are getting on their cash right now? Depending on if we're 
you know, locking any money up for any period of time, we're around 4.3 to 4.5% uh, interest rate right now. And that's with five-day money. Five-day meaning you just uh, need five days to get your money back. That's pretty good liquidity on a principal guaranteed account. And then we have an inverted yield curve. And so that means that three, five, seven, 10-year rates are pretty flat with the three-year probably higher than the 10-year, right? And three-year is higher than the 10-year. So right now, three and five-year rates that we're getting for our clients are all above 5%, five and a quarter for the three-year, about 5% for the five-year. And then seven and 10, Neil, we're, for principal guaranteed accounts, we're getting higher rates from not the fixed rate investments, but the flex rate investments. And those are averaging above eight and a half percent. So those are principal guaranteed accounts. How much did your clients lose last year when the markets took bond funds down 20%, S&P was down 19%, NASDAQ was down 33%. How much did your clients lose in the laddered principal guaranteed accounts that we have? Didn't lose anything and in most cases actually made some money from those accounts. Right, because the you made money on your cash accounts because you're getting four and a half. You made money on the fixed rate investments for the three and the five. Um, so yeah, that's tremendous peace of mind to know that 75, 80% of your money didn't lose a dime last year. In fact, made some money. And then when it comes to diversifying the risk portfolio, Neil, we're, um, we only get these opportunities once in a while, but we're in the process of, of looking whenever markets go down, we want to know who made money last year and we diversify into those different managers. If you took a hit last year, I'm talking to the radio audience, why would you stay in those investments? You know, I, I keep thinking of talk the radio audience through the difference between your accumulation years and taking a 40% hit and your distribution retirement years and taking a 40% hit. There's a big difference. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's one thing to be making money uh, while your portfolio is losing value because then you can just you know reinvest it. So any money that comes in from your wages, sure, you can use some of that savings to then put into the market, recover from the market. Um, but in the distribution years, there's something called sequence of return risk. So if in the first couple of years when you're making distributions, uh, losing money during that period of time will really change the forecast going forward. As a market goes down and you're distributing money from uh, that account, you're accentuating your losses and then you're you're hampering your returns on the way back up because you don't have as much money, one, to hold through or to reinvest because you're actually pulling money from that account. So it's a completely different um, frame of uh, mentality that you got to have when you approach it from an accumulation phase when you're still working to when you're actually living off the the money in your retirement. Right. So when, yeah, I just to say what you said a little differently, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, market goes down 40%. Who cares? Your income's coming from your job. Every two weeks, you kick money into your 401k and you're better for it when three to five years later, it recovers. But when you're drawing income, like you said, Neil, from a a fluctuating account, markets go down 40% and you're drawing income from that portfolio in retirement, that is terminal. That's why in 09, we saw so many gray-haired people all of a sudden show up at fast food, retail, banks, 
It was plan B. They had to sell their home, move in with the kids because they were drawing income from a fluctuating account. So Neil, do your clients draw income from fluctuating accounts or laddered principal guaranteed accounts? Laddered principal guaranteed. It just makes sense. Okay. And then in the diversification with these banks in mind, um, you covered that it's very important to make sure if you're if you've got FDIC protection, don't expose yourself beyond that. Not in your accounts, not in banks, not uh, what what I like about um, the way we buy um, our CDs is at Fidelity we can see all kinds of different banks, and with uh, just a few seconds we can invest a million dollars into four different bank CDs and uh, make sure that our clients still have their FDIC exposure. So it's gonna be very important to minimize that exposure beyond the 250. But you mentioned about per account. So that's the secret sauce, Neil. Per account, how do you use that to your advantage? Yeah, so um, I'm not exactly well-schooled on what happens with FDIC insurance per account type, but uh, let's say an individual has an account uh, for 750,000. Well, you can make that a joint account. That's a new ownership account type. Put 500,000 in, that's for both people um, involved in that account, and then still have your individual account because that's separate titling. So let's say we incorporate a trust or an individual retirement account. Now you have a bunch of different titling, so you can have different account types that all function under FDIC limits within the same location. Uh, Here's what you can't do open up an individual account for yourself um, three separate times at the same place so it's still the same titling and then put 250000 into each uh, of those accounts. Um, they actually have to be separate titling and ownerships. So let's say, you know, Brian Decker uh, opens three accounts and he names one Brian Decker 1, Brian Decker 2, Brian Decker 3. Since he is the account holder and that is not a different titling, than say like Brian Decker Family Trust, then he is only covered 250000 on that 750000 Okay. And then when it comes to, let's talk about real estate. Um, we'll start talking about this and then probably go to the to the next segment. So what, Neil, in diversifying and picking real estate, uh, that's got also potential to lose value. Um, and yet, the market cycles usually in seven or eight years, but real estate cycles are usually 10 plus. It's been a long time since 08 and people have forgotten that real estate can lose value. It's probably new to people that in the last 12 months, it's not that real estate has gone down much, it's that the growth rate has slowed down. But Neil, does real estate lose lose value ever? Absolutely, real estate can lose value. It's all about supply and demand. And so if nobody can demand to purchase a new home because interest rates have shot up so dramatically that they're no longer able to afford it, then even if you know there is an, enough demand from other people who can pay cash, you're going to still see those values come down. So it's not devoid of risk. So Neil, with real estate and real estate portfolio, um, we are proponents of diversification where where you can already have uh, a seasoned uh, rental portfolio that's part of their retirement. So that gives you another avenue of income separate from laddered principal guaranteed accounts, separate from Social Security, separate from your pension. 
We like that diversification because it's another separate income stream. And one of the favorite tax strategies that we use for that real estate, uh, rental real estate, take 90 seconds, Neil, and just go through the cost segregation that we uh, use for that income stream. Yeah. So for rentals, um, they have to be investment properties. Uh, cost segregation um, is a study that you can pay for a specific person to come through and basically appraise the value of items in your home and set up a new depreciation schedule. So for the investment property, uh, this works well if you've recently purchased it or recently done updates um, and, and haven't started the depreciation schedule on that or maybe started that um, but are modifying it now. And so you can go in and identify the individual items that you've replaced, new roof, new siding, um, new lights, new furniture, new uh, refrigerator, and say, this is the new schedule, and I'm going to accelerate this seven years, 10 years, 12 years, whatever kind of accelerated depreciation you schedule you want on that. And that way you can take a lot of that income coming in uh, tax-free because now you're depreciating that asset. Then say after that depreciation schedule is done, you know, do another remodel, refurbish uh, 1031 exchange, pay for another cost segregation study, rinse and repeat. So we'll see if Brian has anything to add on that real estate in our final segment. And then we're going to talk about how the team at Decker Retirement really can help you uh, maybe protect yourself from some of these challenges that are going on. How do they do that? We're going to talk about that when we come back on our final segment of Safer Retirement Radio. Again, if you'd like to chat with the team, you got some questions, you got some concerns, 833-707-3030, 833-707-3030. And reminder, it's Saturday, so if nobody answers, just leave a message. They'll get back with you on Monday, 833-707-3030. More with Brian and Neil. This is Safer Retirement Radio. Back right after this. We all want the freedom to do the things that make us happy, especially in retirement. To get help with laying the foundation for that freedom, call 833-707-2020 to have a chat with Brian. What if you ordered a pizza, but when you opened the box, a couple of pieces were missing? That would be upsetting, right? Now, think about how much you believe you've saved for retirement. Do you still owe taxes on that money? Brian Decker and his team at Decker Retirement Planning understand the importance of tax planning and can help you reduce the impact that Uncle Sam has on your retirement. Give them a call today to start working on your retirement tax plan at 833-707-3030. Now may be a great time to lower your future tax liability. Create a retirement plan today so that you can get as many slices of your retirement pie as possible. Give Brian Decker a call at 833-707-3030 and schedule a visit. That's 833-707-3030. Firm offers insurance services and may not give tax advice. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning and Neil Finning. You can always go to their website to learn more about Brian, Neil, and the team. It's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. You can always give them a call if you got questions. Hey, I'd like to retire. Can I? When can I? Do I have enough? Will my money last as long as I do? Will my loved ones be okay if something happens to me? Really, at the end of the day, you want to know, will I or will we be okay if we retire? 
That's really what you want to know. The team is here to help. 833-707-3030. No cost to chat with the team. 833-707-3030. We've covered a lot of ground today. And Brian, before we move on, uh, talk about how you help protect your clients in Decker retirement from these things you've been talking about today. Anything you wanted to add in about the real estate that that uh, Neil was just talking about? Yeah, when it comes to real estate, there's different ways to buy it. You can buy um, individual properties like we were talking about last segment, um, but you can also buy real estate investment trusts that are diversified with different geographically, different states, different parts of the country, different types, could be office, could be hospital, could be government properties, uh, could be diversified uh, in consumer segments. So th- there's a good, better, best. Uh, it is good to own uh, real estate, but what we like to look at is how it's managed. So Neil, I'm going to throw you a softball here. If uh, If you look at uh, apples to apples real estate investment trust and one is managed last year that lost 15%, one lost 10 and one made 2% and they're all the same type of REIT, which one are you going to lean towards for your clients? Of uh, The one that made 2%? Right, right. That's a correct choice. Ding, ding, ding. So when it comes to the um, the real estate, we look for track record, we look for management, we look for expertise. Um, there's two focuses that we have for the equity portion of our client portfolio. One is low drawdown. Low drawdown means losing money. So in last year, we try to find managers that before last year didn't take big hits. And that paid off last year because with the S&P down 19, NASDAQ down um 33%, our clients on the risk portion were only down six. And that's a bad year for them. Normally they make money in a year like that. So we focus a deck of retirement on the risk portion of the portfolio with diversification, but we have uh, different uh, ways that we go through to pick a manager. We have four requirements for our managers. One, the manager has to have gone through a down market. Uh, so we still use 2008, but we're looking at managers that went uh, through 2022 last year or else to us, they're not proven. Number two, the manager has to show actual performance, no hypothetical, no back-tested numbers. Number three, the manager has to show their performance net of all fees. And number four, the manager has to, and this is the most important, they have to have third-party verification on all of their performance. So we gather the data quarterly. And by the way, we're going through the biggest databases that we're going through the Wilshire database, largest database of money managers in the world. We're going through the Morningstar database, largest database of mutual funds in the world with the, and two others with these four requirements for these managers. We gather the data each quarter and we have four filters. Number one, we get rid of managers that are closed to new investors. They're not taking any new clients, so we get rid of them. Number two, we get rid of managers that are hedge funds because of their volatility, not interested in them. Number three, we get rid of managers uh, with per account minimums of three, four, or five million dollars. And number four, we get rid of high beta managers that go way up in the good years and way down in the bad years. And I think it's probably not surprising to most people that the best performing managers that shake out, we take the top five right off the top, um, the best performing managers 
are and have been for 20 plus years, these are all computer models. So we use computer trend following or momentum models as part of a core process for our, uh, our risk management. So these, when we talk about um, computer trend following, we're talking about when the markets are trending higher, we're able to participate in that market. But when the market trend turns lower, we're able to, these managers will take our clients to cash so that they're not able to take that hit. Um, so it protects capital in a down market. If you're not using managers and models like this, um, imagine how you'd feel if, if Neil and I came to you and said, uh, well, Mr. Client, we use these five mutual funds for investing your risk money. I'm sure there's better out there, but let's just go with these. If your advisor hasn't done the homework that I just described, why are you getting second rate investing? Um, so we, on a quarterly basis, we go through and we try to find better managers with those parameters that we have. So it's pretty rigorous and robust in looking for the best performance that we can find. One of the negatives of computer trend following models is whipsaw. And there was a lot of whipsaw last year, which is probably one of the reasons why instead of the typical eight to 12 that we would expect positive performance last year that we had a, a slight negative number last year, but whipsaw is when a trend starts, there's no follow through and then it uh, reverses and turns lower, forcing us to sell and take a loss. There was a lot of volatility like that last year. Another thing when it comes to uh, the importance of protection, there's something called momentum. I mentioned that one of our managers is a momentum manager. In 2000, 01 and 02, the S&P was down 55%, NASDAQ was down 70%. And there were many sectors that were making money during that three-year period. Energy, uh, oil and gas, gold, silver, uh, real estate was doing well all three years, biotech, healthcare, pharmaceuticals, all those sectors were going up. So the um, momentum manager that we use isolates those sectors with positive relative strength, meaning they're going up and invests in those and rides those trends uh, until they change, allowing that manager to make money in a down market. So even last year, there were places of the markets that were making money uh, in a down market, and he's able to find those and invest in those. So that's the extent uh, and granular due diligence that we put in to find for our clients the best performing managers. Uh, and we're in the process right now of looking through last year and seeing if we can improve on what we've got for the risk portfolio. So that's part of the diversification uh, strategies that we use at Decker Retirement. Okay, Neil, I want to. I talked way too much through that. I wanted you to cover that. What would you add to the due diligence that you want your clients to hear you say about the the risk managers? Because I was going to go into for the last uh, three minutes. I was going to talk about how there's only been four times that the S and P is traded above thirty times trailing earnings and why uh, uh, passive investment strategies are not going to work in the next 10 to 15 years. Do you want me to cover that or do you want to cover that? No, I really really like what you're kind of going with on that. Um, I mean, you already said it, but why would you not transition um, if momentum is shifting the opposite direction? Why would you just stay and hold tight and watch it all evaporate? That's a good point. 
And Neil, you know, what you just said is is really important because the next 15 years are not going to be like the last 15 years. We can say that with a surety because there's only been four times that the S&P 500 has traded above 30 times trailing earnings. One was 1929, and it took 17 years before you got your money back. The second was 1964, 18 years to get your money back. The third was November of 1999, 14 years to get your money back. The fourth and final time that we hit a valuation of 30 plus times trailing earnings was November of 2021. And if history repeats, and we believe that it will, passive investment strategies like buying and holding stocks, um, mutual funds, indexes, they're not going to make money for 10 to 15 years if history repeats. So if you have a passive investment strategy in retirement and you haven't made money from a portfolio for 10 to 15 years and you're drawing income from it, that is terminal. We hope that you give us a call and learn more about these strategies that are able to make money uh, or designed to make money in up or down markets. And when the markets turn lower, they protect capital by going to cash. If you don't have that and you're going to ride the roller coaster up, down, up, down, look at the 15-year chart of General Electric and you'll see what 15 years of flat markets look like. It is, uh, it's a different world in the next 10 to 15 years. And the strategies that did well in the last 15 years are not going to be the strategies that do well in the next 10 to 15 years. And Neil, in our bucket four and five uh, that we have um, smart beta indexes with principal guaranteed accounts, those are able to make money in a down market like 2008, right? They transition between fixed income stock uh, and commodities. And so it's it's able to, to take advantage where there is advantage. And with interest rates having gone up, we've seen participation uh, rates shoot through the roof. So overall, I mean, the, the next five, seven, 10 years for all of those will look pretty phenomenal. Um, and I'm actually really excited to see how that, that all ends up. So Brian and Neil, as always, covered a lot of ground here on Safer Retirement Radio. If you have questions, concerns, you want to learn more about what you should be doing right now. Remember, there's no cookie cutter way to do this, right? There's some people that go, man, I need to be more safe. I, I don't, I can't lose any. Others that go, you know what? I'm okay with a little bit of risk. I, I need to make more money. Everybody's situation is unique to them. And that's how the team at Decker Retirement looks at it. When you chat with them on the phone, you just start with a phone call. And then if you go further, it's really breaking down your hopes and dreams, your lifestyle. It's not all about money. You do need money to be able to retire, obviously. But it's also about the lifestyle. What are you going to do? How are you going to spend your time? And then the plan is built around you and your hopes and dreams and aspirations. 833-707-3030 is the number to chat with the team at Decker Retirement. There is no cost. There is no obligation. 833-707-3030 is the number. 833-707-3030. Great time to call them right now. Let's get started. Ryan and Neil, appreciate everything you did, uh, all the great information. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. We'll get back with more Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning next week. Have a great week, everyone. 
Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Decker Retirement Planning is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. That accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning. This radio show is a paid placement.